what I was reading just recently uh, about the duties of a person in a human body from birth. I mean, it, it says in our Vedic scriptures, nonviolence, truthfulness, honesty, desire for the happiness and welfare of all others, and freedom from lust, anger, and greed constitute duties for all members of society. And who could deny if, if we possessed those qualities and, and those duties were performed, would it be a, a, a better society or a worse society? I mean, we got to analyze it like that. We generally speak a lot about our rights, but how about our responsibilities? What am I meant to do? What is my duty to perform in society? Welcome to the Breaking Trail podcast. My name is Ruben, and I have with me my friend and teacher, Balakia. And this podcast is where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom. So but, I guess um, we better get going on whatever yeah. we're going to get going on. Talk about duties, yeah? Yeah, so... That's our duty, to talk about... The... It's our duty to talk about duties. And, you know, again, everybody's got their opinions, you know, and now that people are voicing their opinions probably stronger than ever before. And due to the media and the way you can voice your opinion, you know, your opinion can spread far and wide. Mm. And you'll always pick up some followers along the way who have the same for opinion. For sure, for sure. <laughs> and you'll always have some opposition who don't agree. Mm. You know, and, but it, it still comes back to the same thing, that it's opinions. You know, everybody's got an opinion. Mm. But opinions don't necessarily mean something's true, even if everybody on planet Earth had an opinion, same opinion on one thing, still doesn't mean it's true. No. You know, so that's why we are always referring to the Vedic scriptures and the authorities of the spiritual teachers, because, you know, this is not some, you know, material opinion formed by likes and dislikes and past experiences and you know, material mm -hmm. desires and whatever, whatever. I know it's not politically motivated. It's not financially involved. It's an absolute truth. And so it is an opinion, but it's the Lord's opinion. So it's the ultimate authoritative opinion. You know, mm -hmm. like in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, uh, makes a statement. He said, and this is my opinion. Yeah. But it's automatically understood that this is, the final opinion. And mm. arguing against it is, is of no value because you're just arguing against the Supreme Lord. And, you know, if you think you won the argument or you can prove the Lord wrong, and you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you can't <laughs> because, you know, the source of truth is, is the source. And, you know, whether you believe it or disbelieve it or discount it or whatever, it's still true. You know, so what well, do you gain by by defeating truth? In your mind, you defeat truth. You don't really defeat truth. It's impossible. Mm. 
Exactly. But, but maybe in your mind, mm, you mm. defeat truth. But, but, it but what do you like, gain from it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And what you gain is like your false ego is winning. I mean, you're more, we spoke about this last week, the false ego and this, these things. I mean, you're more further away from who you really are and the actual truth. I mean, because you want to be right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're further away from your true well-being and happiness and satisfaction well that's an even more important point perhaps and uh so you lose i mean you, in a in the reality of it you lose you know so that's why a wise person as this described in bhagavad gita is an intelligent person or a wise person you know accepts this absolute truth and tries to conform their life or live their life in harmony with that truth you know, yeah. and it may not be possible, you know, especially in in beginning stages to, mm. you know, live according to that, you know, fully or fully you know. or even to some partial degree. Mm. But you know, that's the truth, and that's where I need to be. This is where I need to go. You know, and I need to make the proper changes, so that becomes true in my life. You know, my life is a reflection of that truth. But is, is that also like, does that, I mean, is patience uh, for yourself a part of this? So some people speak about that, like you have to be tolerant to yourself, patient to yourself. Is that a part of this to be able to like accept where you are right now and just... Well, yeah, accept where you are, but don't be okay with where you are. Hmm. You know, there's two things, accepting the truth that I'm at this level or this consciousness or... You know, I'm attached in this way or encumbered by these obstacles, physical or mental or whatever. You can That's accepting that, but that's not saying that it's okay. Mm. You know, that, that that's good enough. I don't, I'm not trying to improve on that. I see. So that's self-defeating. I mean, that's, you don't gain anything by that, like we said before, mm. you know. If a person's illiterate, you know, and they, they have to admit, yeah, I'm illiterate, but on a material level. But does that mean you're not supposed to gain some knowledge? You're not supposed to, mm. you know, become non-illiterate, you know, mm. become more and more literate? Yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious that acceptance is, is one part, but it doesn't mm. mean we're supposed to just settle into that and yeah. use that as a justification for just not doing anything exactly but but and, even and try to bring other people down to our level and that's many times what's going on well exactly because it makes you feel better you feel like uh, well i'm okay because everyone else does this yeah and... yeah you should you should but, uh, come down to my level yeah in fact i just read in maybe I, we talked about this last week i don't remember but in one of the states in america virginia did we talk about that? They're not going to teach higher mathematics? No. No, you didn't say that. Yeah. So in, in the school system in Virginia, they just decided, passed a law, that in the grades of between grade 6 and grade 10, they're not going to introduce any higher mathematics, you know, like algebra and trigonometry and uh, geometry and whatever, you know, mm -hmm. calculus and so on. 
And the reasoning behind it is, is because, you know, there's many people that can't absorb this. It's, it's more advanced than they're able to deal with. Mm. So they're not going to allow anybody to have it. <laughs> you see, everybody's got to stay in this basic bottom line level. Because otherwise because someone would feel bad. It's, it, the... No, it's discrimination. It's, it's coming back to this whole discrimination subject. It's discriminating to teach higher mathematics if wow. everybody is not ready for that. You know? <laughs> wow. So only in the last two years, grade 10 through 12, can you teach it. You know? Whereas before, it used to be they started introducing it early on you know, so people could gradually you know, evolve, yeah. mathematically yeah. speaking. Yeah. And they, there's also in this same state, there's, no, I think this is in New York, that there's, there has been for a you know, long time certain high schools where more gifted students, will say, are people who are able to learn more and faster and easily. They teach higher subject matter in these high schools. But you have to take an entrance exam to qualify to go to that school. Mm -hmm. And they say that's discriminating. They have to, you have to remove the entrance exam and just let everybody go there. What? You know? Yeah, I mean, this is what they're doing in the name of equality. But, but that's, I mean, if you're identifying that, like, I mean, again, it's back to false identifying as your body or, or your knowledge or your, you know, that's the root of like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, you, they don't want you to, exercise your full ability because then you're going to be above somebody else yeah. and therefore they're going to feel bad or they're going to feel like, well, you know, we got division here. They're the smart guys and I'm not. Yeah, but, that, but that's the thing. I mean, you're not better than anyone else if you're <laughs> good at mathematics or if you're bad at mathematics or if you're whatever you're working with, it's not better. It's just different. And that's yeah, okay. It's just, we all have different. You've got different abilities than they do. Obviously. Yeah. You know, it's just like Council all qualifying exams for whatever you want, you know, whether it's athletics or academic or whatever. You wow. Know. I mean, it's 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 gone, you know, more, it's becoming more and more absurd. So I guess the idea was you want to bring everybody down to the lowest common denominator, you know, and then nobody can feel proud. But it's not like feeling proud, it's just like, I can do more, and I, I want to do more, and maybe I can offer more to society on, on a material level in this way mm -hmm. or that way. Mm -hmm. If I have a higher education, then yeah. I have more to give. Like, you know, you can't be a, go to medical school because everybody can't pass them entrance exams, so we can't have any doctors, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's becoming more and more absurd, you know. But, but but the idea is that, like, uh, coming back to the duties in society, like, that road will not lead in a good direction. That No, no. And if you use the Vedic system, which we do, as the ultimate example of the best system of society, because in the Vedas is a whole societal, you know, plan and... and program outlined very clearly. There was divisions of society. Hmm. You know, there was 
the Brahmins. It's called the Vanishram system. You know, the Varnas are the, the, the social positions in society. So there was the Varnas, I mean, excuse me, there was the Brahmins, and they were the priestly class. In other words, they were the intellectuals, and, and they studied the scriptures, and they, you know, attained the knowledge, and they, they had clear vision of how things should be according to the Vedic, you know, direction, etc. See, so they were the Brahmins, the educated, not educated, but, you know, advanced understanding of life class, you know. So they were like the heads of society, you know, like on our body. If you take society as a body, we have a body, physical body. And where does all the information and guidance and everything come from on our body? The head. Hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's what directs the other parts of the body. So the Brahmins were like the heads of society. And then the next classification was the Kshatriyas. And they were the warrior class, the administrators, you know, that now would be called the politicians, the protectors of society. So they were the arms of society. They did the work. Mm. So the Brahmins guided the Kshatriyas, see, and the Kshatriyas were always, you know, seeking advice from the Brahmins. The Brahmins were always giving advice to the Kshatriyas, right. and therefore, when they administered with their arms, so speak, of society, it was correct. With the correct know. intelligence and correct direction and yeah. with... And, and they accepted guidance. that position, you know. Mm. And, and then the next classification were the Vaishas, and they were like the, the providers for society. They were the merchants and the farmers and the bankers. And so they provided for society. You know, and then there was the sudras or the, the servant class. And, and they were the ones who served or helped. They were involved in, you know, taking care of the duties of the other classes, and the worker class. And vaishas were like the stomach? Is that something? Yeah, the, the, the trunk or the stomach, mm. you know, the trunk the of the body. Right. And, and then the... the Sudras were like the legs. They did the leg work. Supporting. And when and a person was in one of these categories or another category, not because of birth. See, now it's become degraded. So they call it the caste system. And exactly. In India, you know, now for some long years, it's been, a, you're a Brahmin because you're born in a Brahmin family. It's not about qualification, it's about birth. And that's when the whole thing became null and void, basically. It, it just became a, a, you know, a hierarchical, judgmental, we're better than you, we're Brahmins, and you're exactly. Vaishas, or you're Sudras, and we're the upper class, and you're the lower class. Well, isn't that, that what the Englishman also introduced? I mean, that's what they did to yeah, that's, completely. Yeah, yeah, the royalty and uh, whatever. Ruined but that's yeah. not how it was in the original Vedic system. So it was according to qualification. If you're qualified to be a Brahmin, then you were a Brahmin. If you were born in a Brahmin family but did not have those qualifications, you were known as a Brahma Bandhu, the son of a Brahmin. But your function in society was more maybe that of a Vaishya or a Sudra. 
Mm. <clears throat> you see, and so according to your propensities and abilities, you had your position in society. And and that wasn't looked down on, like. No, it was like that's that's how it was, mm. because these classifications were based on the influence of the modes of nature. We've talked about the modes of nature. Yeah. So Brahmins were in the mode of goodness. See, that was the influence upon them. And the, the Kshatriyas were in the mode of passion. So that was their influence. And the Vaishyas were in the modes, mixed modes of passion and ignorance. So that was their influence. And the Sudras were in the mode of ignorance. So, <clears throat> therefore, everybody was acting according to their propensities. Mm. And it, it worked. It worked very well. You know, Krishna's system, God's system for society. But, of course, like I say, you know, as always, things become degraded, and now it, it, it's lost its, its impact or it, its yeah. good qualities and just become another discriminating status team spirit system yeah <laughs> you know but anyway what what i was reading just recently uh, about <clears throat> the duties of a person in a human body from birth i mean it, it says in our vedic scriptures nonviolence truthfulness honesty, desire for the happiness and welfare of all others, and freedom from lust, anger, and greed constitute duties for all members of society. And again, this is, this is Vedic truth. This is not opinions. We have to really make that clear because, right. Right. you know, people always, oh, that's your opinion, but I don't think like that. <laughs> but this is not my opinion, <laughs> you know. But if you look at, at these, we'll, we'll look at them just one by one. And who could deny if, if we possessed those qualities and, and those duties were performed, would it be a, a, a better society or a worse society? I mean, yeah. we've got to analyze it like that, mm. you know. So nonviolence, you know. As we've spoken before, Lord Buddha's main message was nonviolence. Exactly. You know, ahimsa, nonviolence. Exactly. You know, and when we say nonviolence, that means unnecessary violence. Sometimes violence is necessary. I mean, unfortunately, it's in the material world and things are not perfect. So sometimes it's required. But nonviolence meaning non-necessary violence. Um, and and uh, yeah, I think it's quite surprising to people. I mean, the, like the the idea of because I, I think generally I, the the idea of people who want to or attempt to have a spiritual life is like complete, you know, no violence, no, not nothing. I mean, the idea that violence well, may be necessary is, is really well. The Vedas also clarify that. You know, they say there are aggressors, and it lists different aggressors, and when you know, that is a situation, then violence is necessary. And look at the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, it was, you know, spoken by the Supreme Lord himself just prior to 
you know, a big battle, mm. but it was a battle that was necessary. Mm. And it was, the avoidance was attempted in every way, you know, from many different angles of diplomacy and compromise and so on. And, you know, the opposing party would have none of it. There was no agreement at all. You know, no, we will not compromise. This is, a, we won't give you anything, whatever. So it ha it was it was no alternative in that mm -hmm. case, but nonviolence anyway. Mm. See, so nonviolence, truthfulness. See, who can say truthfulness is not a good thing? You know, speak the truth, live the truth, mm. and and that's. That's how we should be, you know. But now, <laughs> again, you know, from every angle, there's non-truth. And people's agendas create what is true and what is not, you know. And there's even gurus that are supposedly teaching from the Vedas that will purposely leave out parts of the teaching. They edit the Vedas, let's say. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to disturb their followers, or they don't want to look in the eyes of the followers, you know, like someone is too hard or too mm. forceful or too... So they just say what people want to hear, you know. So that's not truth. That's, that's not truthfulness. It's like the doctor who analyzes you with cancer. He knows you got cancer, and he knows, you know, it's, it's very serious, and he comes in, oh, you're all right. You know, <laughs> you got a small little problem, but don't worry about it. There's not much going on there, you know. In other words, tell me the truth. What's the real story here? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the truth is he, he knows I'm going to die in six months. Well, and, and, and then you can do something about it if you know. Then you if, can if prepare and do what you can do. Then. But he's saying, oh, we can cure it. Don't worry. Just take this chemo or whatever his, you know, suggestion is, and you'll be fine. And it happened to a friend of ours, you know, that she had, she was diagnosed with leukemia. This was many years ago. She was 25. And, you know, the doctor, she went to the hospital and she was feeling bad. She was always, you know, we were with her all the time. And she was always just feeling a little bit off, you know, not mm -hmm. too much energy. And so, anyway, finally she got diagnosed with leukemia. But the doctor said, but don't worry, you know, we'll, you know, give you this treatment, just come in, we're going to put you in intensive care and take care of it, and then, you know, just a short time, we'll have you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You know, she died three weeks later. Oh. But the point is, they didn't tell her the truth, you know. She goes in there bright-eyed, you know, okay, good, you know, and so, so anyway, she could have had prepared. She could have had a could have had time to prepare, and you know, leave the world in a very different way. But this is the point. Truthfulness is is very necessary. You know, for us to speak the truth. That's why when you know we speak, we don't beat around the bush and you know just make it you know like. Oh, well, I think they want to hear this, so we'll talk about that. But we need to know the truth. Like, we need to know we're spirit souls. Mm. We don't need to be, you know, lied to and 
told we're the body and then get involved in all that. And we we need to be told that happiness can only be found when the soul, you know, is experiencing love for God. That's the truth. So why say you can be happy if you get a lot of money and you get a good job or you, you know, gain some position in society or whatever? Because it's not true. But, but know, so yeah. that's what people want to hear, but that's not what they need to hear. Exactly. But but you know, is, the, is, but is, is there a point where you can say too much truth? I mean, where where it's like, I mean, you know, you see someone who <laughs> didn't look as you know at their at their best in the day, and you say, you know, damn, you're you look ugly. <laughs> Your hair looks terrible today. <laughs> well, you know, we don't. Or we're not talking about that kind of. No. Okay. So let's let's take it more. But like, I mean, you could maybe say some spiritual truths that are perhaps too deep for someone they're not ready to hear that. Well, you got to adjust it to the audience. And on these public broadcasts, we don't know who the audience is. <laughs> really, it could be anybody. <laughs> you know, but we had to bring in enough truth that somebody can can find the truth if they're looking for it. Yeah. You know. And if we yeah. never, never bring it up, then that person that's looking might go somewhere else. They will keep looking because, because they well, don't find it. you know, they don't find it here, so let's go somewhere else. Mm. So if you look at all the great teachers, you know, that have come into this world to help mankind, they basically spoke really difficult truth for some people, and it wasn't accepted by everybody. No, you know, look at Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, his message wasn't too well accepted. And he had thirteen disciples. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah, thirteen followers. Thir well, and or you know, twelve, twelve, yeah. And, and one betrayed him, so yeah. really he had eleven. Yeah, well, you know, out of all those multitudes he spoke to, and you know, in the end, look what happened. Mm. You know, they had said we got to get rid of him because he's, you know, disturbing our hierarchy here. Our whole position. But anyway, he still spoke the truth. This is, this is the point. Yeah. You know, so for the few people that are ready to hear, they need to have a place to hear the truth. Mm. <clears throat> but whether it's in everyday dealings as a, as a merchant or a, a friend or a, you know, whoever you are and wherever you are, truthfulness is good. You know, mm. you're an honest person. People can trust you. You know, like in, in Bhagavad Gita, the the king that that was after the battle of Kurukshetra, Maharajudasthir, was famous actually throughout the universe as a person who never spoke a lie. They knew if Yudasthir said it, it was true. No matter what he said, he had that reputation. He would not tell a lie. You know, and uh, so yeah, truthfulness, well, and, honest, and just like a short. I mean, truthfulness also means. I just thought about this when you said you steer, like following up on what you say. Like he was a prime example of that. Like if he said something, he he did it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't just a mouthpiece. He was an example. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And in the in the Vedic system, you know, a teacher by example is called an acharya. Mm. That that what that word means. Teacher by example. He doesn't just speak exactly. the truth and exactly. do something else. 
you know, he teaches by his life's example. Yeah. So if you look at the life of all the great Acharyas, you can see they were truth personified. So that's so we got so far nonviolence, truthfulness, honesty. You know, be honest in whatever dealings you may have or whatever. Again, people people can trust you, and it, you know it's 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 how you're supposed to be. Like if you're a conniving, slithering, you know, person, you have a certain feeling inside too. I mean, it's 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 not a real bright feeling. Yeah, you you know, you're just cheating people. You it's know, like a voice inside of you, something there yeah. saying that. Uh, you know, you can't feel really good if you're always cheating people. Mm. But what happens is when people do it and do it and do it, it becomes normal. And then they don't even hear any kind of conscious or any kind of voice that says, don't do this. I mean, it's like exactly. they, they, they don't hear anything. Exactly. You know, and so that's called a hardened heart or, you know, if you want to talk about it as a criminal, a hardened criminal. You know, they don't even blink about being dishonest. You know, in fact, they can't even be honest. Exactly. It's like they can't be honest. They're always trying to slither around and work around and, you know, for their own agenda, whatever it is, cheat people in so many ways. But the, how does it become like that? Or how do you break free from that if you're in that just maybe short, you know, tangent? But I'm just thinking, yeah, that's... <laughs> well... We're going to probably have to get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that after. <laughs> what to do about it if we're in one or all of these, you know, categories yeah. that we shouldn't be in. <laughs> we are violent. We're not truthful. We're not honest. Mm. And the next one is desire for the happiness and welfare of all others. See, an actual desire for the happiness and welfare of all others. And that means both material welfare and spiritual welfare see happiness and welfare you want people to be happy materially you know there's no place in a you know person's life who's really truthful and honest and correct that he he enjoys seeing people suffer remember our story last week of narada and magrari the hunter And the hunter was so hardened that his joy in hunting wasn't, you know, getting the animal to for the skin or meat or whatever. You know, his main pleasure was seeing the animal suffer. Exactly. You know, that's that's where he was at. You know, so but it changed. This is this is was the story that, that was so inspiring yeah. last week, is that he changed. Yeah. So a desire for the the happiness and welfare of all others, you know, in all species of life, not just humans. And, and that connects to nonviolence, by the way, which was the thing that I wanted to mention about nonviolence. That it's not just yeah. don't it's not just don't kill, but it's also you know don't kill also means don't kill not just humans but animals. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Exactly. So you know. So. Uh, that's a quality. And then, and freedom from lust, anger, and greed. 
See, freedom from lust, anger, and greed. Because if there's lust, anger, and greed controlling our lives, and lust is the biggest controller, and from lust comes anger and the accompanying greed. So if we're under the control of lust, which is basically under the control of the mode of passion, then we can't be we can't fulfill these other ones. You know, you can't be nonviolent if you're controlled by lust. See, that's why there's so much violence in families, because unfortunately, so many families are based on lust. You know, and it goes in looking sweet and filled with passion and whatever, whatever. But that turns to anger. And and then there's the violence. You know, domestic violence is the number one crime in the world. I didn't know if you know that, but oh. yeah. And of course, you know, I don't know what percent, but let's 90% or plus goes unreported. I mean, mm. you know, it's of course, like, of course, but that's... it's happening, you know, on bigger or, or smaller scales. And let's say almost every home, mm. many, many homes, you know, and so there's violence in the home and then the children are subjected to violence, you know, and, and so and, uh, they come out traumatized and, you know, living in a they, war zone is never beneficial. And then they carry that on to the next generation. And they carry it on and they just become the same and, you know, uh, divorces come out of it and, and exactly. everything. But it all goes back to lust is the problem. Lust is the controller that brings about the anger and, you know, the greed. It's mine. I want it for me and I get it and I'll keep it. I won't share it. I won't give it to anybody. But 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 we've let it come to that point. I mean, we've consciously, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe not, but it seems like we have. I mean, we're starting our relationships in that way. It's about lust. It's about finding, you know, the person that ha you can have the most amazing sexual experiences with, for example. <laughs> I mean, that's, and the, and the looks and the that's attraction and the passion. And that's, that's because it's, you know, lust in control. It's, it's passion in control. And that's the norm. That's the norm. That's how we're taught, you know. It, but again, in the Vedic system, it wasn't like that. Mm. You know, that's why they were very, you know, strict controls over male and female contact and relationships and how the 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 relationship if it was moving toward marriage you know if that was you know the the focus was uh was very regulated to the, keep lust to a minimum so you could make an intelligent decision you know is this person you know a good person for me because of their spiritual interest and because of our personalities and compatibilities. And, you know, will this person make a good partner? You know, there's a lot of people that are good people, but they don't work well together. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean because two people can't get along that they're bad people necessarily. It's just that they don't work together very well. Oh, no, and I, and I, I, I just remember when you, when I was getting married to Lynn and you told us, <laughs> You know, as long as you're happy together and when you're not happy, like if you don't have fun together, when the fun, when the fun stops, the problems begin, you said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> was, if wow. it's based on lust, the fun is short lived. 
Yeah. You know, because, you know, you get tired of that fun and you want some fresh fun, <laughs> some new fun. Some new. You know, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, one of our great Acharya spiritual masters, five spiritual masters uh, back in our lineage, you know, he says, you know, when, when you first meet this woman, you know, she looks like a whole ocean of pleasure. But after you've rounded her shores a few times, you know, that ocean is reduced to a small puddle. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's reality of lust, you know. Mm. A whole ocean of pleasure becomes a small mud puddle. You know. Wow, it's like the illusion. I mean, you're, <laughs> yeah, you think yeah. that it's going to really satisfy you, and you go all in for it because you have you. That's that's just what's of what you know, and then, yeah, yeah, and temporary. so, so Krishna describes in Bhagavad Gita that lust is the all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. You know, Krishna, the supreme Lord. Clarifies lust as the all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. He said it's it's born of contact with the mode of passion, see, and later turns into wrath. So from lust comes anger, right? And it's the all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. So if you want to know what is the real enemy, it's lust. But now. As you mentioned, it's it's promoted. I mean, that's like yeah, the goal. Yeah. You know, come on, baby, light my fire. I mean, this is this is what we're thinking is the best. The more lust, the better. Yeah. But out of that that's comes true. the the greater anger. The more the lust, the more the anger. The more the wrath. You know, and it just eats us up from the inside. It eats us up from the outside. You know, and it causes no good. And it, and again. From that comes greed, you know. And it, so when you're when you're greedy, you know that's a whole dark consciousness as well. You know, I'm not giving anything; I'm keeping it all for me. Mm. You know, and you just become, you know, in America. I don't know if you had it in Sweden when you grew up, but the Christmas story of Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, you really? know. Scrooge, you know, he was just holding everything for himself. He wouldn't give anything to anybody. And he was just a miserable creature. Uncle Scrooge. Yeah. I'm just going to assume what his, what his name is in Swedish. Cause I, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. In in Swedish, it's called Farbror Joachim. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone, okay. is, if any Swede is <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> well, they probably are. Yeah, I don't know what he's called in Norwegian, so I'm not going to try that even. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. anyway, it wasn't a, a, a bright life that he had. You know. Or like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I think everyone can relate to <laughs> to Gollum. You know, lived in his little dark cave and my precious, you know. Mm. You know, I mean he was just not a happy guy. No. So greed is it it is all just part of the same scenario, really. You know, lust, anger, greed, they're just like Three peas in a pod, they always are found together. You, so you, you, I just I just had to say this because a friend just told me that he has come to our meditation classes now and he said like 
So after I heard, you know, your spirit soul, you're not your body, I finally understand like Lord of the Rings, he said. Because <laughs> uh, Sauron, you know, he left his body, but he still exists, the, the evil guy. He like, he, 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 the spirit, Sauron, the person, like the spirit soul still existed somewhere, you know, but he didn't have a body. Right. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of like yeah. a ghost or something. So he said, oh, "I finally yeah. understood." Like, <laughs> I just had yeah. to <laughs> deep philosophy to understand Lord of the Rings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's the takeaway? I understand the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if nothing else, then I, under I at least understand <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Well, you know, everything, whatever oh. you understand, you do. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Many ways mm. to apply these truths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you were saying honesty. So all of these Truth that we just have been discussing constitute the duties for all members of society. Mm. Again, in our Vedic scriptures, one, one place in particular is a nectar of devotion, but it describes that when a person takes a human birth, automatically they have duties. As, as a human being, they have duties. And these are universal duties. This is not like, oh, because mom told me this and I got to, you know, sweep the floor or wash the dishes or whatever. These are universal duties for the soul who takes birth in a human form. You know, like and, who, but but who makes these duties, or, or could you just like explain where, where does these duties come from, or what's the from God? These mm. are these are universal. Where does the universe come from? Mm. You know, there's laws of nature. There's laws of the universe, mm. and so the laws of the universe are such that when the soul reaches a human form, he has a great responsibility. In the dog body. They don't have those duties. I mean, look in, look in society. A dog is not subject to the traffic laws. Mm. A dog can run a red light any day, every day, and nobody's going to arrest that dog for running a red light. Right. <laughs> he can cross the street at any place. He can <sighs> piss on the sidewalk. <laughs> he can shit on the sidewalk. He can do whatever he wants. But he's not responsible. He's just a dog. But if a human does that, he runs the red light, he goes up a one-way street the wrong way, you know, he does whatever he does that wouldn't have any problem for the dog, he does have a problem because you're a human. You have a responsibility now as a human to not do those things. You know better. You have intelligence. There's a, there's right, a thing right. that governs your actions. Right. You know. So... If you take that to a universal scale, this is just society's laws, civil laws. But if you take that to a universal scale, then when you take birth as a human, you have certain duties. And you have duties to society. See, we're all part of our societies, right? I mean, humans have the societies that are, you know, basically... <laughs> causing the most problems. <laughs> but anyway, this is where society reaches a higher level, you know. And so we have duties to take care of each other. I mean, everything I do affects other people as well, you know. So if I'm really 
you know, desiring the happiness and well-being of all other members of society, then, and, and by the way, the members of society includes the lower forms of life, not just humans, right. you know, mm. but the animals and the plants and so on. They're all, they're people too, you know, and they have just as much right to their positions in society as we do. Mm. So, if we really care for the happiness and well-being of others, you know, then if we have these qualities of nonviolence and truthful and honesty, and we're not controlled by lust and anger and greed, we're a good member of society. We're actually going to help society come to a very high level of peace and tranquility and harmony among each other. And this transcends all the problems we have now. Like the, this solves the racial problems, for instance, the gender well, problems, exactly. the nationalism problems, and all the things that people are fighting over and protesting and, you know, demanding that you think like this and do like that and so on. This transcends all that. This takes society above that, you know. Yeah. And uh, and this it, this is the real solution, you know. Passing another law doesn't really solve the problem. That's. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't close the window because there is so much noise outside. <laughs> uh. But that's exactly if you don't have. I, mean, I think we spoke about this before. Like, if you don't have internal control, you need the external control. <laughs> yeah, and so that's what we got. We got more and more external control because we've just lived a lifestyle that destroys internal control yeah <laughs> and and so you know so what do we do we we have more police force or we have you know bigger armies or we have you know whatever external control measures we need we pass stricter laws or mm. you know it's funny that we pass stricter laws in one area and, and take away, you know, strict laws in other areas to make people <laughs> looser in their conduct and therefore destroys their internal control. It's very true. You know, it, it's, 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 it's based on ignorance. People have no idea what is good and what is bad for humanity. So we make stricter laws. You can't say this word, okay, because mm. this is offensive. Mm. You can't you know, even think like this. Now, it's, 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 you can't think like this no. because this is offensive to a certain group of people, see. But yet we remove the laws that would keep people under, you know, the control. Not con they, they would make it so we could control the loss, the anger, the greed, that mm. we would actually have a stronger internal compass. That it makes it hard, harder for us to... Yeah, truthfulness and honesty and and nonviolence and so on. Mm. So it's it's based on ignorance. It's based on opinions. Again, you know, yeah. agendas. People have these agendas, mm. you know, and we're pushing this agenda through, and we, they push it, you know, through society in many different ways, you know, and just one small way is in the in the courts and in in the lawmaking bodies, 
you know, but they push it through with public opinion and, mm. you know, getting people on our side, you know, and protest and, you know, loud voices through all the social media and the news and, and, and so on and so on to get what they want. And once they get that, they want something more mm. to go further into their realm of, you mm. know, agenda, whatever it is. Mm. But it's not based on any kind of truth. It's just based on emotions and sentiments and opinions and, you know, lust controlling all of that and intelligence controlled by lust. And, and, and can, who can say there's not so much anger now? Yeah. You know, yeah. so much anger. You know, peaceful protests are just a dream. You know, it stays peaceful for the first five minutes and then it just <laughs> turns into rocks and Molotov cocktails and, you know, bulletproof vest and tear mm. gas and water cannons and, you know, flash bombs. And you read it on the news every day, every day, you know. We're where? You know, and not, and not just America, but every country. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's one country, another country, another country. And, and it's a little bit different cause for this one, a little bit different cause for this one, but it's the same thing. It's the same root cause, you know. And so quarrel, chaos, and confusion is just rampant because people aren't fulfilling their duties. And this is for all members of society. See, so if you go back to the you know, the Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra category. Yeah. But of course, in the mm. Vedic system, that was the, 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 the mainstay of society. But there was a lot of people outside in society that were outside those four divisions. That didn't encompass everybody. There were other people also. And it, so that's why it says for all members of society, not mm. just those four categories, but all members of society, mm. whether you're way over here in this little, you know, situation or whatever, whatever, all members of society, if they will uphold their duties that come with being a human, yeah. see, of nonviolence, mm. truthfulness, honesty, caring for the well-being and happiness of other living entities, and free of lust, anger, and greed, you're going to have a harmonious society that's like beyond dreams. And there's a, there, there's a quote from, I think this is Shaitanya Charitamrita, um, but it's mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam as well. And it adds something to our discussion. And I just thought I'd read it because a question maybe it would ask like, with, with how, like, how, how do I do that? And then this quote says, uh, it is the duty of every living being to perform welfare activities for the benefit of others with his life, wealth, intelligence, and words. There you go. That's how you do it. Yeah. <clears throat> but what is, what is necessary is you've got to have a society where this is the general rule. Mm. In other words, it can't just be one person. I mean, one person can implement all this, yes. But one person doing his duty and 99.9% .9 of the rest of the population not doing their duty is not going to 
bring about the desired result. So as as, as everything, it all got to work from the top down. Mm. You know. So again, if we read our Vedic history, you know, you can see there was a saintly king that ruled the whole planet. This is five thousand years ago and prior. You know, from five thousand years ago to the present, this whole system gradually deteriorated and was lost. See. But from 5,000 and prior, you know, there was one king, saintly king. Planet Earth was the kingdom. Yeah, there was little kings here and there that had their little provinces and so on, but they were all under the rule of the one king, see? And they accepted the one king as the authority, you see? And so if they were inimical kings, then... You know, they had to be, you know, dealt with according to whatever the situation was. And therefore, it was a super harmonious situation. But the Brahmins guided the king. See, he didn't stand exactly. up there and say, I'm exactly. the king. Exactly. You know, I'm the big guy. You know, everybody do what I say, according and, and including the Brahmins. He was subject to the will of the Brahmins. He paid his respects. He was, you know, the servant of the Brahmins. And they right. gave him expert guidance. Right. And then he didn't argue and say, no, 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 no I'm not going to accept that. That, that was a, the different consciousness, you know. Hmm. He accepted and then he administered it. Kind of like, again, he, no, no false ego, no, no trying to, you know, I know better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... It, it has no place, really. It didn't. Mm. It didn't have. A, and you know the 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 Vaishas, the mercantile class, and the bankers, and so on. You know they they were the ones who made the money in society, and they paid their taxes. You know, but they voluntarily gave fifty percent of their earnings to the king, voluntarily. You know, he didn't have to drag them to court and, you know, make it so, okay, you're going to be put in jail because you didn't pay your taxes. Mm. They voluntarily did it, and they knew that, okay, I give 50% of my earnings to the king, to the government king, but then he gives it back to us. Right. See, he doesn't keep it for himself. He wasn't there building a huge, you know, bank account. He gave it back to the citizens in the form of welfare provisions and whatever was necessary in society for the good of all society. See, so everybody was serving everybody else, you know, yeah. and the laborer class, they, they, you know, had whatever they needed for their sustenance. The king made sure everybody had whatever they needed for their well-being, mm. you know, not that, you know... I'm going to make you rich, but you'll live a comfortable life in your situation. You'll live a comfortable life in your situation. And the whole focus was on spiritual evolution. The whole focus. That was just the nuts and bolts of society. That just kept everything running smoothly. So people weren't all stressed out and in turmoil about all the things that's, that's usually the problems that we know now. And they were peaceful and calm. The whole agenda 
was to grow spiritually. They had their different activities of spiritual practice to perform according to, again, their consciousness. It was all about the consciousness. Okay, they didn't all do the same things because they were not all in the same on the same level, you know, of spiritual development and spiritual. But okay, you're the the worker class, and you have your duties, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you have your spiritual duties, yeah, and you're the mercantile class. You have your, you know, societal duties, and you have your spiritual duties. And Vaishas, I mean, the Kshatriyas and Sudras, uh, Kshatriyas and Brahmins, accordingly. And everybody was moving up. Everybody was moving up. That's, I mean, my my dad always used to say, he's a funny guy, he says, like, if if only I was the dictator, then the world would be perfect. <laughs> you know, but and but but it's I mean and and you laugh like it but but it, to to some extent if you could theoretically have a dictator or one person who would actually work for the benefit of others and who would be guided by a supreme authority himself and be the most humble then you know that's a perfect system well, if if he's guided well, yeah, by that's what it was you know it was an autocracy hmm. they were autocrats but they were spiritual autocrats exactly. you know they weren't exactly. you know just you know some monarch that wants to control and exploit yeah. and yeah. make other people suffer you know it was it's, so you know that was that's the strongest society you have a saintly person qualified saintly person hmm. at the helm who is guided by you know the heads of society the the spiritually elite, and above the Brahmins, there were the sannyasis, the the saints, the Vaishnavas, who had more pure vision, spiritual vision and understanding than even the Brahmins, and they, you know, guided the Brahmins. Yeah. So, and and they were guided yeah. by the Supreme Lord. So it all was you know, coming from the Supreme Lord in this way and just taking birth in such a society was a guaranteed spiritual upliftment, you know, and people moved up and next birth, wherever they were when they, you know, left that body, they took a birth according and they continued to move up and move up and move mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. You know, so evolution on a spiritual level was the norm. Hmm. And, and that's how it's supposed to be. So the, the point is, everyone has these duties, but if you don't perform your duties, then the whole thing breaks down. You know? I, uh... In a household, if you've got, everybody's got their duties and people don't do them, then you you got a mess in the household mm. or in a in a company in a yeah, well, that's very you true. know a big corporation <laughs> you know you got the mm. ceo and then you got the vice ceo and then you got down 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 to many different levels and if everybody doesn't do their duty then you're going to have some problem yeah but if everybody does their duty you got a a, a smoothly working machine yeah mm. and but who wants to accept their duties now? See, this is, this is a, it's like, 
you know. So we, we've changed everything according to our desires. And uh, so we've got violence, we've got dishonesty. You know, we've, where are you going to find the truth anymore? You know, I mean, you can't even find the truth. You know, and people could care less about the happiness and welfare of others. You know, if it suits my agenda, yeah. But it's my agenda, you know. And if you're happy serving me, then you can be happy. But if you're not, then, you know, we'll we'll get rid of you. <laughs> and on and on the story. But, but uh, and even if you do want the well-being and happiness of others, you may not know how because you don't know who they are. You don't know how to really help them in the best way. Yeah, you're just trying mm. to help their material situation at best. At best. At best. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah, if you, you don't know how to help somebody, then how are you going to do that? Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is, these are truths that you don't get everywhere. It's very difficult to hear this kind of information. You know, and that's that's the idea of this podcast. This is not just some mainstream thing. This is an opportunity for the select few who may appreciate it to hear another side of life. You know, so the the <clears throat> bhakti yoga system of hearing and chanting the mantras and hearing these teachings and, you know, remembering what we've heard, you know, and the, the, the different techniques and practices of this system make this more and more a reality, you know. It makes it so we can relate to it more and more and, and mm. develop a desire to, to do this, to mm. be like that. Mm. Mm. There's one thing hearing about it and, and knowing that it's like theory in theory that sounds good, but how, how is that? Yeah, possible in my life. I, I'm... Yeah, you got to just start implementing the process. Mm. You know, if if you've got a disease, you know, like like sportsmen, they get sports injuries mm -hmm. all the time. We're just reading about this surfer woman, 34-year-old woman from Brazil. And she holds the record for riding the, the largest wave, a woman riding the largest wave for a woman. Yeah. You know, 68.7 feet high or something off the coast of Portugal. But anyway, in 2012, she was trying to, to ride this biggest wave. And, you know, she, she got wiped out. And it broke her ankle and, and really damaged her back. You know, she almost drowned, but luckily, you know, the, they got her out. And uh, I remember when it happened. Uh, it was, you know, because, you know, I'm attracted to these kind of stories because I used to be totally involved in that. And anyway, I remember when it happened. But in, the point is, it took her five years to, of rehabilitation to recover, and it was intense rehabilitation. See, constant working, not for her ankle. Her ankle, of course, healed up quickly, but her back. 
you know, and so, <clears throat> so she had expert therapist, and she had to put into work. So she had to do something. But she did it because she was so determined, and now she's back in the water, and she just broke this record, I don't know, in 2020, I think it was. Oh, so she was trying it in 2012, and she didn't manage, and then... No, 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 that she, that she didn't even... But and she did break the record after this whole accident. Wow, yeah. So to come back and do that, she broke the record in 2018, her and then she came back in 2019 and broke her record again. Oh. But she said to overcome not only the the disability of the injury, but also the fear, you know, the mental fear and struggle and the psychological damage that it had done, you know, and being out there again in the same condition and knowing what could happen. And so, but the But the point we're making is she had to do something. She had to really dedicate her life to yeah. doing what needed to be done yeah. to get that result. So in spiritual life, we have to do something. We can sit here and read this over again and again and again, and maybe everybody in the audience agrees. But if we don't start doing, implementing the practice See, the hearing, the chanting, remembering, the offering, the worshiping, you know, studying this philosophy, associating with people who are also implementing this or are following these teachings and so on. Mm. Then it's just another cool teaching that we agree with, but our life stays the same. <laughs> you know? Mm. So... That's why this this podcast is just for, you know, the few people who are interested. And ready for that change. and Ready for that change or ready to even entertain, to start some semblance of the journey and the practice. And, well, there was, a, you know. there was a friend here in, in Trondheim that I, I hadn't met him before, but he came to the meditation school and we spoke today a little bit and he said that, He he had been before he came here to our meditation center. He had been asking for, like praying for. You know, he is following the impersonalist path, and he had he'd been praying for guidance, like for something more. He was feeling a bit alone. He didn't have association. He he was he didn't really you know. And then he was asking for, like something. I, he didn't know what it was that he was asking for, but he was you know it's the way forward, like the next step. He sincerely wanted that and then he came here to Trondheim and he said like when he met this teaching he was like well he was like um, maybe difficult or different for him since it was based on the reality of the existence of a supreme person but but really he had the sincerity to well I asked for it and now this is what I got <laughs> you know and even though it may yeah. be hard for me to to accept it right now like this I I know that this is what I asked for. So uh, I have to accept this. I have to go, I have to follow through. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I did ask, yeah, I didn't yeah. get it. So, great, you know. So. <laughs> I just told him, like, yeah, sincerity is, that's, that's what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> And the Lord knows our heart. He knows what we want. Mm. So he knew that 
this person really wanted what he what he got <laughs> mm. and he arranged it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's yeah there there's another quote that i want to read maybe that's <laughs> I, I i hope this is inspiring and not too too depressing in a sense but but i'm gonna i'm gonna read this quote this is from um this is from Sriman Bhagavatam. Yeah, it's from Sriman Bhagavatam. It says, <laughs> "This body, which is <laughs> this body which is eatable by jackals and dogs after death, does not actually do any good for me, the spirit soul. It is usable only for a short time and may perish at any moment. The body and its possessions, its riches and relatives, must all be engaged for the benefit of others." or else they will be sources of tribulation and misery. <laughs> true enough. I mean, of course it's true. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what we have to hopefully achieve is when we read this sloka, for instance, that you appreciate it. Well, exactly. And it, it gives you some some light into the, the truth you know you 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 just seeing like wow yeah it's it's kind of like wow i understand now mm. yeah. but that's that's that in and of itself takes a while of development you know before you can read these truths and appreciate it and go thank you you know and then remember that Mm. See, this is only, you know, trial and tribulation unless I'm using this body properly for the welfare of others and mm. ultimately for service to God. Mm. Then all the body is is just a hassle. <laughs> you know? Think about it. That's Every a... day you got to deal with it in so many different ways. <laughs> you got to clean it. You got to feed it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to... <laughs> dress it up in clothes you gotta mm. you know go here with it and there with it and you know drag it around all kinds of difficulties mm. you know just on a daily basis mm. <clears throat> it's just a hassle you know and mm. then it gets old and it ultimately you give your whole life to it and it lets you down in the end you know it's like i, I dedicated my whole life to you and now you're abandoning me yeah you know Exactly. You're old, you're decrepit, you know, what? Mm. But if you understand what this purpose is and, and you understand what your duties are, you take that body and you fulfill your duties. Then it's a wonderful instrument. You know, it's a wonderful instrument. It's, it's the most wonderful instrument. You know, and the mind and the intelligence are amazing. Yeah. You know? I mean, we're sitting here with our bodies. They brought us here and set us in front of the mics <clears throat> and uh, voice box and tongue and lips and all <laughs> is making the noise, but it's all, you know, coming from the brain and the intelligence. And, mm. and mm. you know, it's such amazing equipment we have. Yes. That's true. But it can, it can save us and it can destroy us. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know. Like, 
Like what did we say last week? You yeah. give a man enough rope and they'll hang themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, yeah. <laughs> step by step. Yeah, yeah step by step. <laughs> we can just... And, hmm. and I hope the viewers can can understand. We're not trying to force anything on anybody mm. you know you have to do this and and if you don't you know you're whatever no we're just presenting this i mean this is just a presentation of this teaching and 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 these truths and you know it's, it's your freedom to choose to to embrace it or reject it mm. yeah and so always keep this in mind on these these programs because, you know, people say, "Oh, you're just trying to ram your philosophy down our throats," but <laughs> that's not what we're doing at all. You know, we're just presenting this as it's been presented to us. I mean, we're just quoting from scripture. And then one who comes over there, and that's that's what you get <laughs> if you, yeah. So, if so maybe you, we better channel a little bit. I think it's time for that. I think that's a great, great. Yeah, that's. You know, this is this is the next part, the chanting part. I I I just had you know I I normally live in Tromsø, as maybe I mentioned to any of the listeners here before, but. So I'm, I I used to live in Trondheim for these five years, and I, you know, I this is where I started meditating and met my good friends, and and then I moved to Tromsø, but I just came back for I I haven't been here for like nine months because we moved to Tromsø, but so now I just came back. A lot of new people here, and and they're just inviting me into their house. They're giving me like their living room to sleep in, and <laughs> just amazing people. Such hospitality and. And the point was that yesterday night we just had the most amazing chant. You know, you. <laughs> that's such a, such a nice way to really be together with people and do something of such nice value and really spend, <laughs> in a sense, spend quality time together, but also with just, I guess what to say, like have that experience of inner peace, of belonging, of calmness, of. Yeah, fun. So we were like 15 people here in the living room where you see me sitting now. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, man. Trying to hold our distance from Corona. But yeah. And you've got, you know, you got this one thing in common, you know. Well, exactly. Mm. And there's people from many countries right there. Yeah, yeah, all different countries. <laughs> Romania, you know, so it's Hungary, not like yeah. you're, you're all Norwegians. No, no, no. <laughs> you get people there from what Portugal or Romania or India, Hungary or and Sweden, yes. Hungary. Yeah, and there are and there are old people, there are young people, there are mothers, there are fathers, there are students, there are, you know, all walks yeah. of life. Yeah, so. but the one common ground is the spiritual ground. Mm. And so that's that's another point we've been making week after week is this is the harmony. This is this is what we have in common. Mm. Yeah. 
It's, it's where everyone can come together and leave all that other differences out of the picture completely. Exactly. exactly. You know, what is our race? What is our country? What is our doesn't matter. You know, gender? What is our education? Doesn't what, it doesn't, doesn't matter. You know, that's not what it's about. What is our commonality? And that's we're all children of God and we're all trying to reestablish and, and strengthen that relationship. And help each other to do so. Help I mean, each other to do so. And happiness and welfare of all living entities. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> so we did our duty, and now we're doing yeah. our duty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So the mantra is the same always, Goranga Hari Bol. That's easy for everybody to remember. Ah, 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 ah,
Mm-hmm. So as always, Sankraton mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> and easy, and you know, just, yeah. This, uh, the yeah. the same guy that I spoke about that told me about his experience with coming to meditation. He said he's a really quiet guy. He said you know he he meditates in silence, like he used. He's really mellow and calm and peaceful and quiet. And he says like, but when I chant really loud <laughs> you know what he is. so it's yeah yeah oh uh or that's that's another thing we can talk about maybe next week is remember i told you i have that article on singing ah uh, yes we said that we should speak about it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And i forgot about that oh. yeah but next week we can oh, yeah. we can start there singing and yeah they're like yep yeah, mm, okay I'm writing it down <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> so remember you know one thing to take away from this is we have duties knowingly or unknowing we have duties we have responsibilities to the universe to the Lord etc and uh, if you know like if you have a duty and you perform it then you're doing your duty and if you're not performing it then you're not doing your duty so these duties are for the well-being of everybody it's not to make anybody suffer it's making so everybody doesn't suffer and uh yeah. Nonviolence, truthfulness, honesty, desire for the happiness and welfare of all others, and freedom from lust, anger, greed constitute duties for all members of society. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect duties. And the, <laughs> and the result will be there if you follow these duties. So, yeah. You know. 
<laughs> okay, Ruben, I got to go and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll be I'll be on the way, but I'm going to bring my sound equipment. I'm going to be on the way to Lofoten. You know, I'm going to go where we didn't go. Where, where we were oh, about to go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. With with a crew or just with, you? with a group of friends here, just a couple of like five, six guys actually. It's gonna be a boys' trip. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Gonna go all the way Ooh. to Tromsø since I bought the car here now. It's gonna Yeah. To Tromsø with the car. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. Take some pictures. I will. And some drone films I will take and send you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hurry bow to everybody there. Yeah. Everyone said because I said I was going to do this, and they were like, oh, you have to tell him how to bold from us, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so. You guys have a great, great journey, man. It sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Next week. So be careful. It's danger at every step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always. Big mountains come with big danger. <laughs> and yeah summer tires probably comes with well we'll see how it goes if we're gonna i don't know it's it's hard in norway it's so long country and you're driving north and you're like in may so right here it's full summer no snow oh not full summer but to me it's full summer like the grass is almost green that's summer to me you know and in Tromsø, it's like i have one meter of snow outside my house that's the video i sent this about my house by the way a wise person would do something about those summer tires bring the winter tires but the, then you know just, i you know. just put them on yeah but put them on man then I have don't to bring, bring the summer, them just put them on bring the summer tires and uh, anyway it's complicated <laughs> not important but yeah anyway thank you take care and we'll see you guys <laughs> next week yeah all right namaste Hare krishna Hare krishna namaste thank you so much for tuning in again for the breaking trail podcast um, so we'll be back with another episode very soon and if you'd like to you know stay on track get updates from us we now have an email list that you can sign up for check out breakingtrail.life our website for more information on that and remember stay true to yourself and dare to break trail <laughs>